This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. Yo. There's certain things that I can talk to you about that I can't really with my dad. I don't think we should talk about this. Hi, this is Jen from Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen, and I'm here with Lynn today. Really looking forward to this subject, Jen. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting one. So today what we're going to be talking about is grandparenting. And it's something that I realized has come up in a lot of different forms. And obviously it's very relevant to your life. And it just got me thinking about how grandparenting has changed so much over the course of generations. And it's really a time right now where we're redefining what it means to be a grandparent and how people grandparent. And you brought it up, and it's funny, I never thought of it really for a a podcast, but my own life has been greatly altered the last two years by a little grandson, Jamie, and he's two years old, or just about two. And I've had a lot of experience balancing the work as a grandparent, and then also helping out with grandparenting and babysitting and other activities, and really working to support my daughter and son-in-law in their roles. So it's it's been a very challenging two years. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on, especially as you're talking about you're an example of some of the more modern grandparents where they're still working. And so how do you have your career and become a part of the family at the same time in taking on this role? And what I noticed is that among my clients, more and more, there's been a shift into the grandparents being included in their lives, whether as surrogate parents or just being a primary caretaker because the parents are off working dual income jobs. So it's it's been a big transition. And what I was thinking about, too, because I lost my grandfather, I think, around two years ago now. And it it was just reflecting on how much he influenced my life. And I think a big part of that, too, was because my parents were also dual income. And so my grandpa was one of my primary caretakers. And it led to us having a a long and fruitful relationship with each other. And one of the big differences is that I lost him obviously two years ago. So when I was in my adulthood instead of at a different time in my life. And having met your grandfather, he was just such a warm and caring person and so devoted to you. You know, he really took an active role as another, not so much as a parent, but as another important person in your life. And when Hillary Clinton wrote about it takes a village, you know, to raise a child, he's one of the very important elders in that village. Oh, absolutely. And 
I don't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I found out only relatively recently that he came here on his own to take care of me because my grandma was working. She was a principal of a, of a middle school at the time. And so she stayed back and he came here and I had no idea about that, which was so interesting. So even talking about, you know, his choice to do that obviously impacted their relationship, but he made that choice. And that is interesting because so much of our, our podcasts focus on gender roles. So he really stepped out of the gender role, as expected gender role at his time and took on a different one. And I think that's some of what's shaped a lot of my wanting to expand gender roles or get rid of them entirely at some sometimes is so many aspects in my family reflected that these rigid gender roles don't have to be this way. And so it it set a new norm for us where it was like, well, you know, there may be some things that you love and they fit within these rigid gender roles. But if this gender role doesn't fit for you, you don't have to be like that. And I think that's been a undercurrent of a lot of what has formed my opinions about gender roles and in my life and in the lives of those around me. And your grandfather was really an important part of that. Yeah. My grandfather, too, we both have the good fortune to have very involved grandfathers. And my grandfather actually was uh, in medical school when World War I occurred, and then had to drop out and become a field doctor and then never really went back. He became a pharmacy professor, but he never went back really to medical school. And so he helped me to really, when I was very young, to get excited about it, uh, to learn to love medicine. He taught me chemistry when I was a little child, getting me ready for school and helped me really step out of my expected gender role for a woman at that time and then apply and go and be successful. And uh, it really shows how important grandparents can be in the gender role area. They can encourage you to be different. They can embody a different type of gender role too. So they're really key in our development. Yeah, and I think it's it's really fun to talk about because this role of grandparent has changed so much because there are also some really young grandparents. I think part of grandparenting now, too, is that our ideas of youth are changing. And so before it was very much sort of like the grandparents were relegated to the side and they, you know, weren't seen as an important piece. But as I think about in my own life and in the lives of my clients, you see that those are sort of a, a secondary attachment relationship and, and the loss of them can be very impactful. And I think our society doesn't necessarily honor that these relationships are so powerful and influential. This week, uh, you know, aside from visiting little Jamie and struggling with some of the things there and loving some of the things at little Jamie's house, um, I've had a client, uh, a mom uh, whose uh, two sons lost their grandmother. So she was very concerned about how to help each of the boys who are four and six deal with that loss. And they each had very different questions. The little boy, the four-year-old, wanted, you know, a photograph of the grandma.
grandmother who now dead, and you wanted to see what death looked like. Yeah. Very concrete, but very important to the little guy. Right. And then the older brother was more concerned about where was her spirit going? How would it continue? How did she continue to influence him? A very developed and kind of cerebral six-year-old. Yeah. But grandparents really play very active roles if they're present. You know, they really are, as you put it, secondary attachment figures, sometimes even primary. Because I see a lot of uh, grandparents who are the primaries too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too, is another shift part of it, I think, because of the huge drug epidemic, um, incarceration rates, all these other things. But one of the things, um, I think they're called like kin connections or something, is that... Yeah, because when I was working with foster youth, I saw that there were a large group of these foster kids being taken care of by their grandparent as the primary caretaker. And it was seen as important because of that kin relationship. So you're still maintaining some of those familial ties. Yeah, no, I think it's it's really vital. I guess the question I have is how do you as a working grandparent, one of the questions, how do you keep up a, a relationship? and then not intrude and keep good boundaries with your son or daughter and make it work effectively, you know, because there's three generations, maybe four being juggled in that. And I think it's very important. A couple things I've learned, and I, I have to say, I've learned a lot from my sister. She one day a week takes care of her two grandsons and works the rest of the time Mm -hmm. as a professor, you know, so you imagine she's working, working, but that Wednesday is really important for her with the two boys. So I think having a defined role and a defined time to do grandparents is really important. And uh, everybody agrees on that, parents and grandparents. So it's not too much of a struggle. She takes them on Wednesdays so that, you know, they don't have to go to the the care program and they have a day at home and she helps with homework and does all this other kind of stuff with the two little guys. Second thing, I think it's really important to be aware of physical limitations because I've learned, you know, I've got to take a train to Sacramento to be with him. And uh, there's that part, but also just being on the floor with a two-year-old playing a lot, your knees and the up and down and the physical part of that and the weight, he now weighs 30 pounds. Yeah, You know, all of that is how do you make that work? when you're an older person. And so being aware of your own limitations, maybe changing him on the floor is one thing I've done, you know, and I've got a list of little things I can do. And then learning how to, when I'm holding him, prop myself up as I stand up with him, those sorts of things. But you've got to learn how to make your own body work and recognize your own limitations. But the most important thing, I think, is having conversations with your son or daughter about the role that you're going to be involved in and making sure that everybody's with the plan. Because I see my role is to support their parenting strategies, not to get into conflicts with them. And sometimes we have differences of opinion because a lot has changed in the parenting world. And, you know, sometimes I fancy myself the expert, Jennifer. But when I'm the grandparent, I'm really 
shall we say, second or third in command there. And, you know, I have to pull with the ship that's really headed up by the parents. So these are some of the things that I've really learned from the grandparenting in the trenches role. Yeah, and I want to underscore that idea of it's really a supportive role, because I think there's a lot of beautiful things about that, too. Obviously, you're not that primary person in charge, but you have a large role and you can pass on different values. You can pass on a lot of information, experience, and history. And I think, too, it takes off some of that tension that a lot of parents feel. I work with a lot of parents who are almost ashamed or embarrassed to Mm. admit how anxious they are around being a new parent because they're so isolated and they feel like they're the only ones who feel that way. And I can definitely Mm. say they're not (laughs) the only ones. And, And so being able to, as a grandparent, not have that immediate anxiety there, you can also support your child in seeing that or you know, your stepson or, I mean, yeah. not step, uh, son-in-law or daughter-in-law yeah, exactly. in, in terms of helping them feel more assured in their parenting. And that just eases the whole tension in that familial relationship. And that is such a beautiful thing. And you point out one of the really, I think, key differences between being a parent and a grandparent, I've noticed it, is I am more relaxed with little Jamie. You know, um, we laugh a lot more. We can roll on the floor together and laugh. And I was talking with my daughter about it and saying, you know, I was in her role, busy working woman, trying to juggle everything. And so I know what it's like to feel the anxieties and pressures of that parent role, too. And I like being in the grandparent role, you know, where I'm, it's easier, it's less anxiety provoking in some ways. And we have a lot more fun together, he and I really. Yeah, I think about some trips that I took with just my grandparents, whether it was a day trip, or, you know, I remember, I can't remember what year, but we went to this sort of multi-state, we went to Mount Rushmore, we went to visit these parks, and it was just my grandparents, me and my sister. And we had such a fantastic time. And it was because as young children, we had been able to build those real deep relationship bonds. And so we wanted to continue that kind of experience. So instead of it feeling like I was being sent on some kind of tour with people I wasn't that familiar with, it was really an extension of my family. Yeah, and then they become that additional family. When we ask the little kids we play with and work with in therapy to draw their family. That's what I was going to say. It's always so great when you see them put the grandparents right in there and talk about what the grandparents do. I think in today's world, too, FaceTime Mm -hmm. is playing a more important role. And one of the things I've seen with little Jamie is we have our our FaceTime few minutes every day around 6 o'clock, 530, he's eating his little meal. And it's so much fun. You know, we can touch base, we blow kisses, we have all these little communication things that go on between us. And I think that adds in the contact, even when grandparents may be off working or at a distance. And it's also something parents can use with childcare workers. FaceTime is real important, I think, and can really step up to the plate and help. 
Well, I think it fills in for the fact that more and more our families are getting separated by distance. And so it's one of the ways to overcome that distance is to maintain that contact through the face-to-face. And it's so beautiful because with FaceTime, you are actually engaging with someone's face. (laughs) And so it's not just like this voice coming out of the phone. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, there's my grandma. Like, I know what she looks like. She knows what I look like. And that's her. Yeah. Or if you're talking about a grandfather, then that's him. And it's not only the face, like uh, little Jamie will save little things he's uh, done during the day to show me, like he can throw the ball a little bit better, or he's got a special drawing he wanted to show me. So he's got something there and it's kind of show and tell. And, um, you know, and I think about, I'm even saving little things for him, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're going to talk about at our special time. So that's really important. Yeah. Uh, But I have to give my daughter credit. She's really done a great job of supporting that part of our relationship. So that makes it easier, you know, when I come and babysit and we work together really as a team with it. Well, that's what I wanted to emphasize, I think, is that it it can be so powerful when it really is this teamwork aspect, because that's really important in terms of that support for everybody involved. And what it brings up is I've actually worked with a, a lot of families recently where, for whatever reason, it's a very contentious relationship between, um, grandparent and the child and having, which is the parent, right? And, and trying to figure out whether or not you're going to allow contact between grandparent and grandchild. Yeah. And a lot of times what I've seen is, unless it's some, totally seemingly unresolvable issue, what people have come to agree on is often, well, you know, our relationship is this way, but I'm not going to rob you of this relationship with your grandchild. And so it's certainly not an easy situation, but I think it's it's at least very positive in the sense that it's honoring that that can be a beautiful relationship between the grandchild and the grandparent. And sometimes that can even impact the relationship between the grandparent and their own child. I think what you're bringing up is we see in our therapeutic work that often, you know, a relationship may have a lot of pressure, uh, you know, parent-child relationship, but there are other relationships outside of that in the family that don't have that level of conflict. Right. So you really want to build and work around that. And family therapy can be very helpful. Mother, child, father, child, you know, mother, father, adult, child therapy can really be helpful just a few sessions to work out some of these issues. I think a big part of it often is what leads to the conflict is the dynamic in terms of who's in charge, Mm -hmm. who gets to make these major decisions. And if as a grandparent, you are trying to kind of supplant that parent role, that leads to a lot of conflict. And so really going back to what we were talking about, how do you take on a supportive role? Right. And a lot of grandparents may have more economic resources, right? They may have other resources, and that can lead a family, you know, set of parents to feel like they're losing. Yeah, you know, their autonomy. And I think that's so important to be discussed in a more open way. You know, because the parents are truly there at the helm of the ship with the child for better for worse. And it's a struggle and they've got to be supported in that role, really. 
And that actually brings up something that's on a different tangent, but talking about autonomy, what was really interesting is part of what is shifting in the modern grandparenting for some grandparents is that uh, for the current generation, what it's showing is that in some ways there's this sense of once you retire, that's your chance to really have your autonomy. And so there are some grandparents who do not want to be in this constant contact with their grandchildren because they feel it infringes on their autonomy. So that's brought up an interesting dynamic that hasn't been dealt with to the same degree. And I'm seeing some of those people in in my treatments, my therapies, and they feel like they've held the pressure economic and relational in the family structure for a long time. And now they're allowed to travel, they're out there, and they don't want these ties. So how do you, you know, help them and help their children and help the whole family structure? You know, because I I think it's hard to make somebody be a grandparent if they don't really want to do it. You know, there's that part of it, too. You have to be willing and not everybody's that willing and able to do it. Right. And I think that's another thing we have to acknowledge is that not everybody wants to be a grandparent. There are some people who are overjoyed and there are some people who feel like they're going to be trapped into a role that they had just escaped, sort of. Exactly. Then there's the other group. I have to say I took a recent vacation, which led to us stopping for a couple of weeks, our podcast here. Right. But um, I miss my little grandson. I had separation <laughs> anxiety, not like a mom, you know, because I'm in a different role. But I saw all these other little grandparents or little grandchildren and grandparents all over the world where we were traveling. Yeah. And I thought of my little guy and I, I was very attuned to how many grandparents are involved in grandparenting. Mm -hmm. They're dropping kids off at maternal centers in France. Mm -hmm. You know, they're dropping them off here in the state uh, center. We have a couple centers in the U.S. that offer some of that level of care. And grandparents are very involved in all of this. They're Mm -hmm. really moving up in many areas. The The pickups, the drop-offs. And just making food. Exactly. Doing homework or supervising homework. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of people kind of stepping up, taking on the role. And then there's the others who are kind of saying, I don't want anything to do with this. And what do you do with those grandparents is really a good question, you know? Well, I think it goes back to, again, defining the rules. You don't want to force somebody into something, but I think it's worth having a conversation about, you know, what is a role that you would feel comfortable with? Because I don't think it's a good idea to force somebody into being a grandparent that creates a tension that doesn't need to be there. But it may be, again, you know, exploring like, well, you don't want to feel trapped. So maybe you have... You're still traveling, but maybe you have some FaceTime conversations or, you know, there's just a lot of different options. But I think being able to acknowledge, too, that it's not an automatic, you know, just like some people don't want to be mothers, some or some people don't want to be fathers, some people don't want to be grandparents. And we have to acknowledge that that is a reality. And we started this conversation talking about our own grandfathers and, and just their skills. They were such big parts of our life. But I think it is true that many grandfathers struggle with what their role will be. You know, they'll say, well, I'll, I'll be able to be a grandparent when the child gets a little older. Right. You know, and I'm going to be available then, you know. I'm, but I think how do we help that group of men 
really transition to being different types of grandparents. And I, I like your idea of the FaceTime and maybe looking at a special skill, you know, that they can transfer. Um, my grandfather did transfer his love to uh, medicine to me. Yeah. And I was so lucky. And he lived to see me go to medical school, which was a great which is thing beautiful. for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the fulfillment of, of his dream and also mine. Yeah. And really a shared process for people. But I think a lot of men can be involved in that type of transfer of love, of passions and careers and world interest and so many things to children. I think, too, to help men tap into that nurturing aspect of themselves, because I think in some, I mean, there are some men who just are not interested in that. And, you know, that's fine for them. But there are a lot of men who would be more interested, but feel that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Or that they were locked into this rigid gender role that they're trying yeah. to redefine for themselves. And I, I brought up the instance of I have a client I'd been working with and they're going through like some tumultuous family transitions that are happening. But one of the beautiful joys is that he has recently become a grandparent. Mm-hmm. And by recent now, it's like six months or nine months. But Back then, he was telling me about this one occasion where his his grandson was fussing over something, and mom wasn't able to soothe him, grandma wasn't able to soothe him, and he just kind of stepped in intuitively and just placed him on his chest right over his heart, and the grandson just, like, sighed and fell asleep. And there's a cute little picture of that. And he talked about how that just was so powerful for him and that it it helped him realize like, oh, I don't have to be somebody different than myself in order to be a grandparent. Like I just have to be myself and and that I can trust that I know what I'm doing. And it was beautiful because everyone around him supported that too, because there are some grandmothers or mothers who who also have the beliefs that men don't want to be nurturing. And so they can be gatekeepers in that way as well. And so for him, it was a positive experience where they gave him the opportunity to to handle that situation. And now he and his grandson have this beautiful bond that they're building. And you're really talking about how we can grow and expand our gender roles oh, as grandparents. Yeah. And I feel with little James, too, he's a boy and I had only was raised only daughter. So I have two wonderful stepsons. But... I feel like with little James, I have the chance to see a little two-year-old boy hammering, and I get him little toys that he enjoys like that, and we build things together. And he has a different view of the world in some ways. So it's a chance for me to really interact differently, and I've really enjoyed that. And of course, not all kids are gender-specific. There's a whole range of genders out there. Right. But uh, it's a really enjoyable to learn and take on new roles as a grandparent, and we're capable of it, I think. And expand that. You know, yes. It creates a new norm, and I think yeah. that's really powerful. Yeah, there's going to be a whole different group of grandparents out there, hopefully. And the other part, you've already mentioned it, is the economic part, that a lot of families can't do it without the grandparents' help. They need the grandparents to pick up the kids. They need the money that's coming in from the grandparents' pensions and other things. Right. So grandparents really are needed in today's world to help raise children. So, you know, we may not be ready and able yet, but we're really working our way into it. And we're needed by society for that, too. 
And I think it's a process of re-honoring grandparents, but from a different perspective. Before, you know, a lot of it was about obedience and, and sort of deferring to your elders. And you wanted to treat your elders with respect, but that didn't necessarily mean creating a loving, caring bond with them. It was just sort of like respect your elders because they're older and they have wisdom and they have. And so I think it's, it's sort of combining that, you know, where you can, you can certainly you want to respect your elders, but also you can build these deep bonds with them and have these beautiful relationships. And I know that I am a better person for having the relationship that I had with my grandpa. Yeah, no, I think each of us benefited greatly from that. And not only that, you know, the elder bond, I think grandparents become more childlike and more open with grandchildren. Oh, that's interesting. So we have a chance to really, really, I won't say regress, because it's not exactly that. Recapture it. Recapture it. Exactly, Jennifer. So when I'm with little James laughing on the floor, and we're rolling around, it, you know, it does take me back and put me in touch with really a different part of life. So I think it goes both ways, honoring the elders and honoring the children who bring the great joy you know, an openness really about life to all of us. Oh, I love that. As you're talking about it, I just have this giant grin on my face because it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot to, I think the grandkids are going to play in it and the grandparents and more discussions related to this, Jennifer. Oh, yeah, because it's an important part and I think we need to shine some light there. Yeah. Thank you for bringing the subject up. All right. Thank you, Lynn. Come on. That's why.